Alright, podcast going. Dog running out of the room. And I want to do this podcast about decision making. I are no expert on it. I'm not a pretend life coach. I'm just hoping my cell phone doesn't completely fall head over heels while I'm doing this. Maybe we'll set it there. So. Something funny happened last night. Get this video rolling, then we'll talk. Alright. So before I get into making decisions with anxiety, or for one whom has anxiety, I'll take my glasses off so there's no camera glare. Uh, just funny, not funny. Uh, first of all, this is Americana, the American way. I am Big John. Find me on Twitter. Oh, shit, fire. What all social medias do I always say? Twitter, Getter, and Gab at the real underscore Big John. On Parlor, it's the real Big John, all one word. On uh, Rumble and Anchor.fm or the Anchor Podcast app, it is Americana, the American Way channel. I are going to talk about a difficult decision I had to make, and I'm going to tell you the story. I'm going to tell you the worst thing I did in the face of not bullies, but maybe bigots, uh, stupid people who wanted to influence my decision. and how I ended up being right when everyone else was wrong. And this is awkward. Last night I did a video and podcast about uh, Tim Pool and uh, his swatting uh, incident. Well, last night as I was recording my podcast... Uh, he got swatted again. So, uh, good luck to Tim Pool. It does seem like somebody is uh, perhaps baiting the local police to where, this is conspiratorial, of course, but maybe people are baiting the local PD authorities where they get used to this being a prank and then they're really going to try to hurt Tim and his crew. So, I mean, you got to realize how many, you know, left-wing radical nut jobs there are out there. Uh, The media calls everyone a a right-wing fanatical maniac, but... Uh, There was just an uh, incident at a Texas synagogue that the media is not telling you about where a uh, radicalized Muslim 
got into the country somehow from Great Britain and held people hostage uh, at a synagogue in Texas. And the only thing the media, is, well at least CNN, the only thing the Clinton News Network is reporting is uh, a British man held a synagogue hostage for however long until the Texas authorities could rescue the people. So anyways, I'm going to fire one up here and then I'm going to talk to you about uh, a difficult decision I had to make that really uh, brought my anxiety to a boil. Uh, what made me learn I had a severe panic disorder um, and just general decision making for leaders because even when you're in a leadership position people are going to try to get you to follow and one thing I've always taken in my life is uh, way back in 1991 there was this guy named Michael Jordan and he asked his dad should I get my teammates involved in the first game or you know their first NBA finals or should I take the lead and his dad said take the lead and that's something I've tried to stick to um, is take the lead in politics or whatever it is I'm doing and it didn't work for me this time. It was my first really big decision where I had people who I thought were my friends, I thought were good people, telling me one thing, and people who I thought were my friends and I thought were good people telling me the polar opposite of what the other side was telling me. And one group of people you know, things they said sort of kind of made sense. And the other group of people, everything they said, it was like 2 plus 2 equals 5. It just didn't add up. So we'll get into that. I won't name names, but uh, uh, the names have been changed to protect the guilty. Let's put it that way. Here, listen to some stuff while I fire one up. BC and love Lord Fauci without actually telling me did you love all these people? <laughs> Are you serious? I asked for strength and God gave me difficulties to make me strong. I asked for wisdom and God gave me problems to solve. I'd like, to, um, I'd like to raise a delicate subject, uh, but with utmost respect for your life accomplishments and the high office you hold. A poll released this morning by Politico Morning Consult. The government will no longer mandate the wearing of face masks anywhere. Mr. Speaker. 
point pod are you going to lose interest if you haven't already so uh, around eight years ago um my friend and the police chief of my town passed away leaving a void to be filled we had a mayor in office who had used the police lieutenant and the I would guess you would say third in charge officer uh, she wasn't a captain or a lieutenant or anything like that she's lieutenant now but um, she did she wasn't anything except maybe the brains of the police department at the time um, so the officers and everyone in town wanted the lieutenant to be promoted to chief and the mayor who used him to get into office didn't want him to be chief she wanted someone else and we did a lot of different things but it came down to the statute in the Ohio revised code said that the mayor appoints the chief we even looked into a police chief testing company and the mayor said she didn't have time well when I first brought it up when I was first on council before my friend the chief had even passed away uh, it was looked at by other council members uh, I brought up the idea and I went out and found companies that did police chief tests and uh, they bring in retired police chiefs from other towns that are similar to your town. And then these chiefs grade the prospective candidates and they give you a name. This is your guy. And only one time have they not been able to narrow it down. They had two candidates that were very similar and they told that town you couldn't go wrong either way I ended up <laughs> abandoning my own pet project because the mayor at the time said well I don't have time right now to to write up a test so that idea went away for two years as, by this point, I learned that she was uh, not a good mayor, not a good person, uh, and not my friend. Um, I kept that little secret from her for as long as I could. The next time other council members brought up a police chief test, I was the swing vote on council. There were three adamantly against it, two in favor of it, and I was the, the middle man. I was the one that was supposed to tie it three to three so that the mayor could break the tie, and we hired the testing company. And 
the thing is, the mayor wanted to have her own test and interview and not go with who the test company chose. So right then and there, it's a waste of money and a waste of time. And I had set in my mind, I wanted the lieutenant promoted to chief because hundreds of people that I trusted a lot more than anyone else told me that guy should be the chief. So, I make it abundantly clear, I am not voting for anyone except for the lieutenant to be chief. But I kept listening to these two sides. I kept showing weakness in the face of some pretty bad actors. Now, they weren't really bad actors or bad people. They were just prejudiced because the lieutenant was is half black. But they see him as being a black guy. And there were people that swore up and down that he dealt drugs out of the, the trunk of the police car and bullshit like that. It was all fucking lies. And so anyhow, this one county commissioner friend of mine he kept saying, you know, Big John, I, I just don't want you to vote for some guy and then he get uh, indicted because he's going to be indicted in six months. You just wait and see six months from now, he's going to be indicted for drugs. We got him right where we want him this time. And the local political chairman said to me one day, I'm like, he's asking me about the police chief thing. I'm like, you know, the stuff they're saying about uh, this lieutenant just doesn't add up to me. It doesn't make sense. And, you know, there were judges calling uh, and telling the chairman to bring me into his office and talk to me and say to me about, uh, you know, what's with this guy? You're, you're not supporting this uh, guy from Georgia who should be police chief. And, you know, I was called into a, a meeting with the sheriff and the county prosecutor after hours. And the prosecutor played me like a fool, played me like a fiddle. He and I even sat there and named names of people that had not been arrested for drugs. And he said, you ever wonder why these people don't get arrested? And, and then as I'm driving home, I'm like, wait a damn minute. She spent seven years in jail for dealing drugs. And then uh, a few years later, after this conversation with the prosecutor, she went away with enough, for another five years for uh, drug possession uh, with intent and uh, assault. Pretty slap on the wrist for someone that just did. Or no, I take that back. She could have gotten 11 years, but the judge and the prosecutor's office, the same prosecutor who was telling me, oh, people in your town don't get put away for drug dealing and drugs, because of the police department, his office plea bargained it down to three years, uh, and he asked her to snitch on the lieutenant and the uh, female cop. But she said, I can't because those are the two most honest people in town. I don't have anything on them. I can't give you the information you want. Right? 
And so she could have gotten 11 years. The county prosecutor's office, the office of the prosecutor that told me no one ever gets arrested for drugs in my town because my police were all uh, crooked bad guys, let this get plea bargained down to two years. This girl, in between the time she was convicted and her sentencing was out, there's like a cooling off period, and I guess since she wasn't a flight risk, they let her out run the streets. She was bragging to people that she was only going to get three years. When she went back to court, she got two. Now, the police lieutenant who was in charge at this time, because the uh, chief had passed away, I think he had passed away or he was near death anyways the police lieutenant who was in charge of the department at the time flat out told me he wasn't going to help her sometimes you have to you know live with the consequences of the things you do well the prosecutor knew that this girl snitched on other dope heads dope dealers and so he let her sentence get plea bargained down to two years she could have gotten 11, remember I just said that? For the crimes that she was convicted of, she could have had 11 years. So she evidently gave up some information on some people, but she couldn't give up information on the lieutenant and the lady cop because there was no information to give. But all this time, my friend the commissioner is telling me, Big John, six months from now, well, like a month goes by, two months goes by, and it's still six months away, right? So, game, t- game on. We come to these decision points where we're going to have to vote on someone from out of town I had him at my house, I listened to what he had to say, and that day I went to church Sunday morning like I did every Sunday, and I kept my head down through the whole service. The only time I looked up was when they passed the offering plate. and. The rest of the time I kept my head down praying over and over again about this decision I had to make. And this old man, after the service was over, I was still sitting there praying. And this old man came up to me and he brushed me aside with his hand and sat down next to me. And he said, my name is so-and-so. I used to be a police officer in this town. And he said, man, this mayor, she really opened up a can of worms with wanting to put that guy from Atlanta in charge of our police department. Ha ha, he wouldn't even know the streets in this town. And right there was my answer. Now here's the bad part on my behalf. I kept listening to the two sides of the argument go back and forth. 
hundreds of people showing up to council meetings, 50 seat council room, people, people in every seat, people lined up along the wall, the three walls in the room, people in the hallway, out the door, every council meeting for months. And the vote comes up. The mayor did some interviews. Well, interviewed two people. Uh, the fellow from Atlanta, and she tried to interview the lieutenant, but he wouldn't do the interview without his attorney present. So his interview just got tossed aside. She nominates the guy from Atlanta to be police chief. All six of us council members vote him down. I'm still stressing like hell over this. There's an election coming up now. It's been two years where we have had no police chief, but the officers are following the lieutenant's lead. They're respecting him as the... Uh, highest ranking officer in the department and the one who's in charge when there's no chief the following the chain of command they call it there's another day comes by newspaper article comes out Monday night late at night I get a text message with a picture of the newspaper from a friend of mine it says you know compromise has been reached so and so is the man and the mayor had went to the press and told them all that she had worked with council and come to a compromise on who she was going to nominate as police chief and that there would be three votes against this guy, me and two other council members for this guy. She never talked to me about this. And again, here I am supposed to be the swing vote that's gonna go one way or another. I had told some people, I'm just gonna keep voting no until we get to the lieutenant. Well, this the sheriff at the time overheard me say that. Her husband is a detective at the sheriff's department. The word gets back to her that I'm not going to vote for this guy. And mind you, she had lied to the press and newspapers and said that we had reached a compromise and that we were going to make this guy the chief. And so she comes storming into this council meeting and I'm sitting in the back room looking over papers and she comes storming into the uh, room while we're waiting for the meeting to start and she starts screaming at me, you said you aren't going to vote for anybody but the lieutenant. Say you said it. I know you said it. I'm sitting there going... who the heck told you? Where did she hear this? Where did she hear that I, I would? And then, yeah, at the time, I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. She's like, I know you said that, 
I know you said it. Just say you said it. Just say it. I'm like, I never said that. I don't know what you're talking about. And then it dawned on me that one, I told her that two weeks and two weeks prior. I told her that. And then uh, a while later, after you know, racking my brain and then you know how you put something out of your mind for like five minutes and then the answer comes to you? I went, oh crap. When I told somebody just in conversation at uh, Republican headquarters, I'm not voting for anyone but the lieutenant. The sheriff was standing in the doorway and looked at me when I said that. So he snitched on me and got me screamed at by this sweaty tooth mad woman. That's okay. Because in the end, I was right and they were all wrong. The lieutenant never got indicted, never got in any kind of trouble, and has done a splendid job since we ran that mayor out of office. But election night, the weekend leading up to the election, uh, I had a severe panic attack. My blood pressure was 240 over 150. I should not be alive. They had to give me two doses of Ativan to bring my pressure down enough that they could put an IV in me and shoot me up with Valume. Okay? And... So after all that, I win re-election. We get a new mayor elected. And I get a phone call at 10 o'clock at night from my buddy who is a pain in the ass but I love him. bless his little heart I get a phone call from him and he says hey you better rethink your uh, police chief situation because uh, some high ranking person in the party said that you drank the Kool-Aid because we had been posing for pictures after we knew the new mayor had won and she won handily. I mean, like, almost three to one. And it was a three-person race. Uh, I, I think I got the most votes of any council person. I think maybe... Uh, Crooked T, we'll call him, got more votes than me. But that's about it. Um... Anyways, I got a lot of freaking votes for council that year. Let's just put it that way. Um, and all of us that were pro-lieutenant got elected. There were two people that were running. There were anti-lieutenant that got single-digit. Well, no, they got double-digit votes. I got like 505, and the next person got like 500. We were all five votes apart. Anyhow, so the thing is, when you have anxiety and you can't show weakness in the face of anything, but the, your brain kind of, I guess at least my brain, I wanted to get everyone's opinion and I was nervous and I asked too many people for their damn opinions. When all these people were saying, six months from now, he's going to be indicted. And 
two years went by and he had not been indicted. But every time they see me, they say six months from now, six months from now. And I'm like, but your buddies, so-and-so, they're supporting him. Oh, well, don't worry. A month from now, he's going to do something that's going to shut them up. Nothing ever happened. That commissioner was saying a month from now, he's going to do something to shut them up. Or six months from now, he's going to be indicted. The six months that stretched out into two years and have now stretched into eight years. He was just saying that shit because he believes so much of his own bullshit. And like Boss Hogg on the Dukes of Hazard told Roscoe in his memoirs, this is kind of fun, Boss Hogg from the Dukes of Hazard told Roscoe in his memoir, the easiest person to con is a con man because they're always looking to get something for nothing. Or get rich quick or something like that. But Boss Hogg from the Dukes of Hazard said the easiest person to con is a con man. Well, this commissioner sits around and tells people, brags, yeah, if it was me, I'd just lie about that. Oh, yeah, I, I lie to get things done, get what I want. I'm a smooth talker, blah, blah, woof, woof. Real smooth. Thanks for the 240 over 150 blood pressure. Thanks for the near stroke, or I could have died in my sleep, uh, you know, after that anxiety attack. But I think when you have anxiety, the first thing you've got to do with any decision in life, and this is what I did, but I still showed weakness in the face of ignorance, bullies, bombastic people bigots first thing you gotta do is you gotta pick up the word of God and you gotta bury yourself in it because all the answers are right here this is my beat up bible from uh, my senior year of high school that my church gave to me Oak Ridge Presbyterian Church uh, it says this inscription is starting to fade and the pages are yellow and there's writing and underlines and highlights all over the place in this Bible. But what they wrote in here for me is, For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for evil. To give you a future and a hope. Jeremiah 29.11 So there you go. Jeremiah 29.11 And uh, it says Wishing you God's blessings Oak Ridge Presbyterian Church May 28th, 1995 And you know when God sent that old man to sit there that former police officer who was legendary in my town. Once upon a time, my uncle was heavily involved in the drug scene in the 70s. And this officer was breaking up a fight at a drug dealer's bar, Bill's Bar. And he 
Bill broke this officer's arm. And he told Bill, I'm going to shut you down and put you away and you'll never deal drugs or have a bar or show your face in this town again. And the officer did exactly that. They waited for Bill's dad to come rolling through town with a, a delivery supply of drugs. They arrested him and his son and put them away. And then another drug dealer moved right in and took his place. But the thing is, when you go to God and he gives you that sign, when he just smacks you in the head and says, John, this is the message. This is what's right. This is what you do. You put all those other people aside. When they brought up in my face 10 or so of them one Monday at lunch at uh, our Republican headquarters. Well, you know, what about all the times this officer's taken the town to court? What about the time this lieutenant, you know, was uh, accused of drug dealing or drug trafficking? And I said in my meek little voice, I showed weakness and meekness in the face of ignorance and lies and strong personalities. I said in a meek little voice, but he always he always gets off. He went he won every time he sued the town. One time he sued them for an apology because a former mayor said you're the worst officer on the force. And he won the court case and the mayor had to apologize to him. <laughs> um or the mayor agreed to drop drop it or he agreed to drop it if the mayor apologized and the mayor ended up apologizing but he really did take the mayor to court over defamation or an apology and he got his apology and then that mayor ended up supporting him for police chief later on once the mayor found out from the late police chief on his deathbed that the little spat between the chief and the lieutenant was over and that we all needed to support the lieutenant for chief. And when I visited the chief at the hospital uh, in his last days, he was very coherent. His mind was still there, but his body was failing him. And he told I and everybody that went in there one by one to support that lieutenant for chief. And we did. But when I gathered all the information, you've got to be strong in your decisions, especially when you have anxiety. you got to let those people know that you have caught them in their bullshit and their lies and you're moving in this direction and this is your decision. When you pick up the word of God or you put your head down and you talk to the man upstairs, the God of Jacob, Isaac and Abraham, the God of Jesus Christ, the Almighty, the great I am, okay, Jehovah Rapha, my healer, Jehovah Jireh, my provider, whatever you want to call him, 
the God of Jesus that sent his son Jesus to die for our sins the only one and only true God the one that saved my life in an ambulance when doctors gave up on me I don't know why I didn't just stick with that decision after God sent me that sign and after I had that night after church I had that that guy from Atlanta there was a big shot on the Atlanta drug task force and ran all the drugs out of Atlanta according to my commissioner friend yeah right you can still get plenty of drugs in Atlanta I'm pretty sure you my bullshit detector went off after this guy left. And I showed too much emotion when I was talking to this guy. I let him play off of my body language and my emotions. The same way I let the county prosecutor play off me and play my emotions and my body language. They could tell because they were professional liars that what I was saying and or they could interpret what I was saying and read my body language and know to tell me the next lie. But here's the thing. My boy, who's now the police chief, has never been indicted. Is running the department better than it's ever been run. And the guy from Atlanta... His wife got caught robbing a local social club, blind. Over $36,000 they figured out she stole over a three-year span. And of course, all she got was probation. But we can get into that at another date and time. The thing is, decisions, decisions, decisions. Anytime you're making a decision and you you got anxiety, your brain's gonna work quadruple overtime and you're gonna end up having an anxiety attack like I did. And I had multiple anxiety attacks. I just didn't know what they were. My chest would be pounding. The top of my head felt like it was gonna explode off of my skull. Uh, just insane what I went through for two years dealing with this nonsense all because I didn't show strength because I didn't take the lead because I didn't listen to God I listened to men weak men who were trying to persuade me to do what they wanted in their weakness and in their cowardice I showed weakness and they just jumped on it the prosecutor, I've, I mean, I feel like there was just so much prejudice going on here. There could be nothing, there couldn't have been anything else because everything that they said about, oh, he's going to get indicted with drugs, and we know people that are experts on drugs, and they said things. You know, they might as well have told me, yeah, we know people are experts on stuff, and they said things. Because that's about what it amounted to. When you can't produce, when the people are giving you advice cannot produce solid evidence or proof that what the, the big grandiose lie that they're telling you is true, don't believe them. 
when two plus two adds up to five in their opinion, their opinion's wrong. You gotta be tough. You gotta say, this is my decision. This is where I stand and I'm not budging. The things you're telling me don't add up. And I never did that. That was my biggest mistake in that time period. And I got to be a bigger, better person out of that. It took three years of counseling to retrain my brain to not have anxiety attacks and medication also. But when you're dealing with anxiety and you're in a leadership position, you gotta be strong. You gotta be with God. And you've got to say, look, if you guys supposedly call yourselves Christians and you're going to scoff at me because I told you I prayed. I mean, I, they never scoffed at me because I never told them the prayer story. But, it, you know, I always wonder, how are they going to react? Because they scoffed and mocked me when I said, but he always gets off when they try to charge him with something. They, he only got charged one time. The other times, he won lawsuits against the city because the sweaty-toothed madwoman suspended him for three days without paying benefits, and she had no right to. And then, of course, the time that he sued uh, and asked for an apology from uh, the previous mayor. So... When you got somebody that's been proven in court to not be a drug trafficker, the whole thing with his drug trafficking was that they said he wrote a receipt to somebody for drugs or an IOU. Like, what the hell? He's, he, me and him and the mayor that I helped get elected... Uh, and after the sweaty tooth mad woman, we sat in her office one day and laughed. And he said, yeah, I'm the only drug dealer that writes receipts. <laughs> so that's the story of how I went through a difficult time making a difficult decision with anxiety. And the reason that I had the severe anxiety attacks, one, I was gaining weight. Two, I was listening to too many people. When hundreds of good people turn out and say, this one guy is the guy. When God answers a prayer, you listen to God. Don't listen to the four or five naysayers, no matter how cute and how awesome their stories sound. Evidently, they weren't my friends. Evidently, they weren't great friends. They weren't looking out for me like they said they were. They were looking out for themselves. And they were believing their own lies. And they were so in love with this cat from Atlanta that told them that his war stories uh, from the streets of Atlanta and the Atlanta Drug Task Force. You know, uh, stick with God. God will not lead you astray. You, you've got to be saved. You've got to be a Christian. 
and you've got to show leadership. You've got to take the lead and not listen to anybody else's bullshit. I know talking about Christian and saying bullshit in the same sentence are not good, but God will forgive me. And I don't think bullshit is actually a sin. But anyhow, that's the decision making when you have anxiety. You've got to stay strong in your convictions. You've got to trust your faith. When your bullshit detector goes off and you think you're being lied to, you've just got to be stronger and stand up to those people that are talking shit and say, look, your story don't add up. Leave me alone. I'm making my decision and I'll live with it. You know, I put in the work, the sweat, the knocking on doors, the doing things for candidates and political parties to get to where I am. It's mine to throw away if I think this is the right decision. And I didn't throw anything away. My decision was right and they were all wrong. The wife of their buddy, their boy, got indicted for theft. And if they're dumb enough to think that he wasn't in on it, I mean, God rest his soul, but... They, They weren't my friends. They were feeding me a hand, a, a, a bunch of lies to get what they wanted. So, bury yourself in the Word of God, bury your head in prayer, and take the lead. Take the lead. Show leadership and know that you're strong in faith and strong in God and you ain't going to go wrong. That's how you keep from having anxiety attacks when you're making a big decision like that. Alright, man. I hope y'all listen to the whole 45 minutes of this rant. Uh, I think it was a pretty good story. So, God bless y'all. Pray for one another. Pray for me. And, uh, see you next time on Americana the American Way with Big John, your sugar daddy, the Mac daddy of them all.